Welcome to Word First Radio, the podcast of Word First Ministries. Tune in each week and join us as we pursue God's command to make disciples of all nations. What is up, you guys? Welcome to Word First Radio, a podcast brought to you by Word First Ministries. I am your host, Jacob O'Neill, and I'm joined by my good friends, Cameron and hey. Bailey. Hi, Mom. And we're bringing you this new <laughs> podcast from Oslo in Norway. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. So mm-hmm. we've never done anything like this before. Uh, we got lots of good stuff to talk about, but we're just going to go ahead and jump right in. Uh, Bailey, would you mind opening us with prayer? Yep. God Almighty, we just want to thank you first and foremost for the fact that we are here in Norway, um, the miracle that you've accomplished in getting us here. And yeah, I just pray that you would keep that in our minds and that you'd be with us in this conversation that we have. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Bailey. Uh, so we've been in Norway uh, just for a couple months now, and we've had lots of uh, our friends back in California reach out to us. They want to know what we're doing. They want to know how we're doing. Uh, Cam, why don't you tell the people back in the States how we're doing? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, we're doing very well, with, but not without challenges because there's a lot happening, a lot going on. We'll talk about that. Uh, but what we're doing right now at this moment is we're recording a podcast for you guys. It'll be out on all of the all of the platforms that you younger people will remember the names of. But the idea <laughs> is that uh, so word first is obviously the 10 of us who have come to Norway. But we're more than that. We're a team of supporting ministers who have sent us to Norway mm-hmm. and continue to support us financially and spiritually while we're here. So this is our opportunity to share with you guys what is going on it, uh, with the gospel work and with the ministry here in Norway. So, uh, you know, there's only so much that we can all tell you in a brief monthly newsletter and so much that we can put on on our various social media pages. Um, but this is our opportunity to kind of dive in and keep you guys posted about the ministry that's going on here, keep you up to date with what's going on with our families and all of those kinds of things, how the mission is going. But in a sort of, if you zoom out a bit, the bigger vision is we are here to, well, we'll do whatever it is that God has for us. But I think sort of the fire that's in all of our hearts is to ultimately plant a church here in Oslo mm-hmm. with the purpose of identifying and developing and launching Norwegian church planting pastors, both in Norway and throughout the world. I mean, you can see it on our webpage. We, just, we want to go as broadly with word first as God will call us. I mean, if that stays inside of Oslo, then we'll do our best to be faithful there. But if he would like for us to be uh, involved in sending to the nations, then we'll do that too. So we're here in Oslo right now recording a podcast, uh, which is great for us and hopefully is going to be excellent for you. We're, we're so glad that we get to communicate um, with sort of our broader ministry partners. And then secondly, we are here to see the gospel work here get done. We think that that looks like planting a church that plants churches that plants churches, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that care. I mean, you know, we've been here for about four months uh, since we moved here and we still have a lot to learn, but speaking on about moving, um, when I talk to people from the States, like on the phone or some people will write me on Facebook, uh, they'll ask like, when are you guys coming home? They want to know, like, are we done out here? And you know, when are we coming home? Bailey, how about you tell them when we're coming home? Uh, we are home. Yeah. So God moved us to Norway. Um, I might change my address by a couple digits or, you know, change my zip code, but God picked us up and moved our houses to Norway. So I'd say we are home. And if we go back, it's for a quick visit. Um, but this is where God has us. Yeah. I think that's excellent. Thank you for putting it that way. I think I'll just reiterate 
uh, what Bailey is saying. Yeah, yeah, we're home now. So we've heard sort of directly and indirectly. So people have asked us and people have asked people who have asked us. And I think that it's not clear to everybody what it is that we're doing here. And there's this idea that we have gone on a trip that we'll be returning home from soon. Um, but that's not the case. God has called us to to Norway, and that's where we are unless and until he calls us somewhere else. So we are resident uh, resident immigrants in Norway, mm-hmm. and we will be here until God calls us somewhere else. We hope that if he does that, we'll be faithful. Um, but this is home now, and, and, and that's not exactly true. We're, we're working to make this home, mm-hmm. and you know we've got lots of time to talk about that experience is like. But our desire is for Oslo to become home because this is what God has for us. So we'd love to come and visit. Um, we won't do that until we can speak Norwegian, and that will take <laughs> some of us longer than others. Um, we're eager for any of you to come and visit to us. We'd be glad mm-hmm. to put you to gospel work or even just to show you around town. It's been about 15 degrees all week here. So if you'd like to brave some of that, mm-hmm. please come and visit us. Um, we're, we're eager to have you. But this is this is home now. So you can come and visit us from California to our home in Oslo. But uh, we have no, there, there's no intention of coming home. I mean, when we're done with this, we'll go to our various homes in Oslo. Yeah, no, thank you guys for that. It, it's it's honestly like still crazy hearing us like talk about it that way. Mm-hmm. Like today, mm-hmm. yeah. it's no less crazy than the first time I ever considered like going to Oslo for a missions trip and then eventually moving there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, a gentleman who's uh, his name is Marty Edwards, and he uh, he runs a ministry called Black Sheep back in California, and he's been a part of international missions and domestic missions for decades. But when I was telling him about our mission to come to Norway, he told both of us, "I've never ever heard of any missionary ever going to Norway." Yeah, yeah. I think I think a lot of Christians can relate to that. I feel like when most Christians think about sending missionaries, they think about um, you know sending people to Africa or Asia for like a couple years and uh, places like that in the world. Norway is kind of a strange, like, you know, it's not on the list of usual suspects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cam, why don't you talk about like, you were really the first one who got called to Norway. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that? What yeah. captivated your heart to come out here? Yeah, sure. I'd be glad to share that. Um, yeah, it's definitely not the obvious place to send missionaries. I mean, Norway has been a Christian place, Christian nation. That's not really the right thing to say. Christians have been in Norway for over a thousand years, right uh-huh. before before the when before the sort of American culture or the United States were a thing. So it is kind of a strange thing. In fact, until recently in the world, Norway was exporting missionaries. In fact, they sent more missionaries per capita to the rest of the world than just about anyone else. Mm. So it is a strange thing. Like Norway, I thought they were already, I thought they were already Christian. Like, what are you guys doing? What do you mean gospel work in Norway? Isn't that done? And it turns out that's not exactly the case. And again, we have, we've talked to lots of you about exactly why that is. So I won't rehash sort of statistics, but I'll I'll tell you the story about how we got here. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Yeah, please. Yeah. So it, it started with me. I guess it didn't start with me, but I think I was the first one of our team that God really called. And it started in 2017. My wife and I, when we this when we had uh, just two children, um, we have one of those credit cards where you have it long <laughs> enough, you get points or miles or whatever. Sure. <laughs> you get like a point per dollar spent, and after you get like fifty thousand points, you can take a trip. So, anyways, we'd had this credit card for a gazillion years, and finally had enough points that if there were like two weeks a year where we could travel and we had enough points to go on, uh, to go on vacation, really anywhere exciting. And this was when Celia, she's five now, this was when Celia, before she was two, um, 
we needed to get the vacation in because once she turns two, you have to pay for her seat mm-hmm. before two. She can sit in, uh, sit in lap with one of the parents. Nice. So we had to get it done. And in fact, that was my only way of sort of twisting Whitney's arm to like, to make it happen. I was like, but <laughs> darling, if we're going to say, if we're going to be able to afford this. So anyways, we had the opportunity to do that. So in 2018, we came to Norway on vacation and like you said, sending uh, gospel workers or missionaries to Norway is a strange thing. Well, especially for me, my family, we've been, my family's Norwegian on both sides. Mm-hmm. And on my dad's side, we've been ministers forever. And we're Norwegian pastors, I say we, but my my, my ancestors, my mm-hmm. grand, 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 grandfathers were um, ministers that came to the United States from Norway. So the idea of going, going back as a gospel worker is kind of strange. But that, um, just that thought, kind of struck my heart and I I had um learned about sort of the secularization of Europe. If you guys don't know Europe is the least Christian continent, which is oh my gosh, I'd love to talk about that, but the idea that mm. Christianity is like the European religion, but mm. now Europe is secular. Almost nobody mm. is a disciple of Christ, uh, less than anywhere else in the world. Um but anyway, so I, I was kind of thinking about that stuff, and I wanted to know what the spiritual state of Norway was because I, I didn't know. I'm not in contact with any of my relatives here. Um, you know, it's been several generations that were removed. So anyways, I, the truth is I Googled it, and I found a missionary organization who was sending some people to Norway, and I talked to those fellows, and they told me what they knew, and they connected me with some Christians in Norway, and I talked to them. And the, the picture that sort of started to develop was a pretty bleak one. Um, mm. Oslo is stunningly beautiful. Norway, is, I don't understand how you can live in Norway and not go outside and see the clear work of an artist and creator mm-hmm. and genius. Yeah. I, um, but that, that's how most of the people here live. Mm. Um, so anyways... And we had the opportunity to come, and while I was sort of kicking that idea around, my heart was really set ablaze for this idea that Norway has sort of lost its first love. And in my family, we've been Christians for so long. Like, what happened? And so I remember I was, uh, I was at a pastor's retreat with the pastors from the orchard, and I was playing basketball with Pastor Jim. And uh, that, oh, that's a, okay, that's a, maybe that's just playing <laughs> basketball is a little bit generous. Yes, I don't think I've ever played bas- basketball. Yeah, I don't even know if I'd call it that. I was running from a basketball with Pastor Jim. <laughs> and and uh, I was talking to him about it. His family's Norwegian too. Mm. And I just said, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I just know that my heart is hurting, and I've never thought about leaving or going to the missions. I always knew that I was called to ministry. I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And, you know, I'd been a pastor at the orchard for a few years. And, and uh, so he talked with me about that. And his advice to me, uh, which was good, was he goes, go enjoy your vacation. Get your feet dirty and see what the Spirit says to you when you get to Oslo. And so I took his advice. And the meanwhile, I continued to connect with Christians in Norway. Um, we got here. We were able to book the flight before Celia turned two. And we got here to Oslo. And as soon as my feet hit the ground... I knew this is where God wanted me. And that sounds, um, maybe if you know me, you know, that's a weird thing for me to say. Sometimes I'm caught up in my own mind too much. And there are other people who I really admire who it seems like, like they're tuned in to the God station and they hear God talking to them. I don't have experiences like that very often. Sure. Only a couple of times. And this was one of them. It was very clear. I got here and I knew this is where God wanted me to be to the point that, you know, I joke about it, but my heart really wasn't a place where it's like, okay, Whitney, you go take the girls home, like sell the cars, <laughs> yeah. sell the house, pack up our stuff, you know, and I'll see you just as quick as you can get back to Oslo. <laughs> and praise God, he didn't let me do that stupid thing. That would have been awful. Uh, and, and it's been about a three-year journey getting here. So that was in the summer of 2018. We, we got to come visit Norway. I was just certain that this is where God wanted me. And we've had a few years now in the meantime. Now it's, you know, it's the winter in 2021. 
about to turn 2022. So it's been like three and a half years that God has developed us actually getting here. But that's kind of how it started. I'm a pastor at the orchard. I'm overseeing a number of departments, including the young adults uh, ministry. And God just kind of radically broke down my expectations for ministry. And it, it felt like, I don't know how to explain it. Like there, it, it was, my feet were so heavy. Like it was so hard to leave and go back to California mm-hmm. because I knew this is where I was supposed to be. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah. I, I remember that time yeah. uh, pretty, pretty vividly, actually. And that was when uh, you know we started to get to know each other a lot better. We had mm-hmm. known each other for a couple years uh, prior to that. Mm-hmm. But I remember you, uh, you know, going on your vacation, telling me how excited you were for it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like you know where my part of the story comes in and how I uh, started investigating this call. You sat me down in your office one day, and you know you're just pouring your heart out to me about the spiritual state here in Norway, some of the things you were learning about. Um, Obviously excited to go on your trip, but just heartbroken over, um, I love the way you put it, like they've lost their first love. Mm -hmm. Norway is a historically Christian nation, um, and they've just lost that. And so uh, you kind of posed the question to me. It was kind of, you know, you just said it. You're just like, well, have you ever thought about like, Going to Oslo and you know doing missions work, yeah, because everyone has, right? Yeah, I just ask people, have you ever thought about becoming a missionary and going to Oslo? Well, let's be fair. You, you knew, yeah. you know, I so you know, so that you I'm, guys know, there isn't a single place that Jacob hasn't considered has not considered evangelizing. I yeah, said, have you ever thought about being an evangelist in uh, in North Korea? And he yeah, was like, yeah, like that. yeah, totally. So like, yeah. <laughs> so I've always had a passion for uh, you know preaching the gospel yeah. and evangelism and that stuff is, you know, I don't need anybody to help me get excited about yeah. that kind of stuff. I, but get, I still did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I get excited, you know, pretty well on my own about that kind of stuff. Um, so when you asked me, of course, if I wanted to, you know, uh, if I've ever thought about, you know, moving to Oslo and doing uh, missions over there, uh, of course the answer is no, yeah. <laughs> because that's ridiculous. Who um, yeah. Who would do that? Uh, I would, uh, I remember saying my life is here. My family's here. My wife, who I was just dating at the time, uh, Motown, we're all here. Her family's here. My family's here. Mm-hmm. We're just going to stay here. Yeah. Um, and so I, I said, I'll send you Christmas cards. Uh, <laughs> I'll come visit you. Yeah. Uh, you can put me to gospel work out there. But yeah. uh, um, I'm probably not going to consider it. Um, and then leaving your office that day, I, the first thing I did was you know, call my girlfriend, Motown. And I was like, you know, Cam? He just asked me like the weirdest thing. He asked me if I ever thought about doing you know, long-term missions in Norway. And the first words out of her mouth were, oh, yeah, so we're doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to do that. And I was, that was the time I was just like, okay, yeah. stop. Like, let's hit the brakes. Let's think about it. This is, this is crazy. And, uh, you know, let's think about it. So I don't think, like, I, so I don't remember our conversation as vividly as I do the conversation that I had with your wife. Mm. That I remember like it was yesterday, and I was talking to her about the same thing, just kind of yeah. sharing some of my heart. Yeah, thanks like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like yeah, so I asked her a similar question, like, like, what do you? Because she's uh, one of my favorite people in the whole world. And at this point, the two of us had sort of founded the young adults ministry, mm-hmm. so we talked about ministry a lot. And I asked her something similar, and, and you know, what do you think about that? I don't even think I got the sentence out of my mouth before she's like, "I'm in. Let's go." Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's more faithful. I guess is the point. That's of- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Well, you yeah. know, I was like, listen, if you're going to fly yeah. me, yeah, faithless. Well, like, if you're going to 
fly me to Oslo to go evangelize. Like I can just do that at the mall for like five yeah. hours every night. I you probably had to... just gotten back from the mall doing that for five hours. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't have to uproot everything and go there. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when she was, you know, so serious about it and she was like, so certain that, you know, we should, we should look into this. Like mm-hmm. we should think about it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, okay, well I'll think about it and I'll pray about it. Um, but it's all, it's very weird to me. Yeah. Um, and one of the things we'll talk about is, uh, when it, I actually came here for the first time, you know, you got a call of this opportunity for us to do missions in Norway, like to do a short term, like evangelism thing for a week. Yeah. And you know, we, ca- you called us of course. And I was like, all right, let's do it. When I was actually here doing evangelism, talking to, you know, Christians and talking to atheists and talking to, you know, agnostics or uh, all that stuff, uh, I just felt that God had um, called me here, equipped me here. I felt comfortable here. I felt like, um, you know, evangelizing here felt more like, you know, this is like a ministry that I'm doing. This is mm-hmm. not just like street preaching to people, you know, for a couple hours, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. But this was I mean, more no, like, but yeah, yeah. it's fun, but it, it's, it, this is more like, wow, this is actual like ministry. Like yeah. I felt like at home doing it very comfortable here. And I said, you know, all right, we'll pray about it. Let's see how we feel. And, um, I bet you can tell now what, uh, yeah. <laughs> what God ended up telling us. Um, and kind of around that same time where, we got that opportunity to come to Norway. Bailey, that's kind of where your uh, story kind of clashes with ours. Why don't you tell the people about, you know, how God captured your heart to bring, to come to Norway? Yeah. For me, it all really started with that first trip that we well, made. Can you, I don't think we've described what that trip is. Would yeah. It's just uh, spend a couple yeah. sentences on that. Yeah. So, um, it's basically called skeptics week. It's like a conference where we, uh, flew out to Bergen and, visited um the college students mm-hmm. and in interrupted them during their lunch mm-hmm. um and went through surveys questionnaires with them uh to just kind of ask the big questions of life um like in america we talk about them all the time so they don't seem like big questions anymore they seem like the old questions so does god exist that kind of thing mm. um where do i go when i die so that was kind of my entrance into the conversation um Cam called me one day and was just like, Hey, some guy in I think Tennessee. Yeah. Brother Jim. (laughs) Yeah. Brother Jim. Um, some guy in Tennessee asked me to go to Oslo or to Bergen with him Mm -hmm. for this thing called skeptics week. Are you down to visit? And it was weird. And I talked to grace who's now my, uh, now my wife wasn't my wife at the time, Mm -hmm. but I talked to grace about it and she was kind of the same uh, her conversation with Cam wasn't, what do you think about moving to Oslo uh, or moving to Norway? Her conversation was more, what do you think about going on this one-week trip? Mm-hmm. And she was in that place where yeah. she was like, uh, yes, let's go see Norway. Yeah. Yeah. And like, let's go. That's not for- a super hard sell. Yeah. And um, we have, like, I haven't even been out of the country except for going to Norway. So, mm-hmm. um, so there was some of that. Um, but also just the opportunity to do, you know, as a Christian, you hear about mission work and all that kind of stuff. So to have the opportunity to do that with the guy who, um, was our pastor, um, this was, I think less than a year into you even being the guy that I called pastor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah. So that was really our entrance into the conversation. We just went and it was kind of a random thing at the time. Um, 
but over that trip, we got to learn about the problem here in Norway, um, which, of course, there's, like, you could stay at the mall in Temecula and evangelize, and you have a ton of people to evangelize to. Mm-hmm. So there's a problem everywhere, um, but we felt the weight of the problem here um, and also the weight of the issue that no one knows about the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of the first bit, just being struck with that. Um, realizing, you know, it's a few of us, a handful of us that God plucked up for this one week mission. Um, did we make a giant dent in the problem of, uh, Norway being full of Christians? Probably not. Um, but the thing for me that I really realized is no one knows, um, Mm -hmm. especially in those conversations with the Norwegian students we talked to, um, those were, their first time hearing and considering a lot of those questions that we asked them. Um, so that those conversations were really interesting and eye opening, um, and just kind of weighed on mine and grace's heart. And there isn't any, uh, well actually no, there is, I'll get to that. (laughs) So the, well, I remember, I'm going to interrupt you real quick. I remember when Jacob and I was like, okay, Bailey, we need to go for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) The walk. Yeah. The walk. We took, we took at this point, was this that walk or was that the second? Yeah, time? getting sushi. No, it was Bergen. Yeah, Bergen. Our last night in Bergen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, so we took Bailey on a walk and just kind of so asked together, confronted Bailey with the question that I had already sort of. It was like you were both proposing to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had already ambushed Jacob and Marissa with. Yeah, and uh, so we ambushed Bailey, and I remember your response was something like, "That sounds awesome. Like I, I'm glad God is calling you guys to this." Mm-hmm. Anyways, so you're like, are we getting dinner? Or? <laughs> that sounds a lot like yeah. what I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like yeah. a lot what I said. So you know, I, I went to. Uh, uh, when I was in college, we had to go to a missions conference every year mm. and you have to like prove that you were there and swipe your card and mm-hmm. write some stuff. And it was always great. But my perspective was always, I'm so glad God is calling you mm. to the nations. I'm going to stay and be a pastor because that's what God wants me to do. And in a sense that's still what I'm doing. Um, but the idea that people are going into the world in order to proclaim the gospel, that was I, it, I had never considered it. Like that was never part of my life mm-hmm. until God spoke to me in Oslo. So maybe that's a little bit. I don't mean to put words yeah. in your mouth. Maybe that that's. I mean, that was kind of the response you gave. What kind of the response Jacob gave me, mm. and then kind of the response you gave both of us when we we took you aside and talked to you about it. And said, "Have you ever considered this thing? Like, like what do you think, Oslo? Uh, that we weren't in Oslo in Bergen, but Norway needs uh, some gospel help. Like, what do you think?" And that was kind of your response. Mm-hmm. Was like, "That sounds awesome, but." You know, I'll let you know if I hear from the Lord about that. But in, until then, I'd like I'll be your biggest fan and your greatest supporter. Uh, but I'll do it from over here. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the the like thing you just described was true for me times a thousand. Mm. Um, so I was two or three years into Christianity oh, as yeah. a thing in my world. Um, so missions work really hadn't entered my brain at all. Um, so for me, that was just totally out of left field. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it planted a, an idea in my head and that at the time the conversation really was, uh, felt like you guys being really excited about us getting to live together forever <laughs> and like do all the stuff some of that. we like love yeah. to do. Uh, cause we were already at the orchard. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, ministry that we're up to and like rise was still at the, it's, beginning yeah um so we were starting to bloom yeah yeah so we were building that and doing a lot of ministry at the orchard together so 
hearing that, I was just kind of like, like your dream is nice and it sounds cool. Um, but like, obviously I just met God not too long ago and he's got me like in the place where my family lives doing church work and all of that there. So, um, it just, it, it planted an idea, but, um, really over time the spirit just softened me to the idea um the following year we mm-hmm. went to skeptics week again mm-hmm. um so that was another um slightly more eye opening thing but um it was really just a gradual conversation in the background mm. um like both in prayer but then with you guys as well um and the if there is any moment for me that kind of lit the fire and let me know that this thing was actually happening. It was um, when you got the phone call um, from Zach Dev mm. um, and just got set up with the job that you now have and everything. Yeah. Um, for me, that was suddenly made this far off dream that was like a potential thing that we, like it was kind of a thing we excitedly talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what if one day we all move to Norway and like, plant churches and, you know, do good stuff Mm -hmm. for God. Um, but you got that phone call. And for me, that was like, uh, God actually wants us to do it. And he wants us to do it now. Cause the, for me, the most clear thing was that we ought to be in ministry together, like seeing our team work together and, uh, like building rise and all the things we did at the orchard. Um, and when we made our trips out here, um, for me, it just made sense that we were a team, um, and that like I'm, I was still on the track of following you, um, being under your wings or whatever. <laughs> um, Gosh, dumb. yeah, but yeah, that was the big moment for me mm. was when God suddenly made it real. Like, you know, you always talk about what's my calling and mm-hmm. like you want it to be a literal call, and yeah. you literally got a phone. I literally call. got a call. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that just set it in place for me. No, absolutely. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, and really, what it kind of seems like the difference for all of us was it being like tangible, like it being mm, real. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously, we can talk in theoreticals, and um, there are theoreticals of like missions that are more like you know obvious or like you want to go to this you know third world you know tribe that needs yeah. a well so they can have water yeah, and yeah, you yeah. know start building stuff, and that's kind of more obvious and more apparent. Um, but being here, you know, seeing the phys- the sorry, the spiritual state here yeah. mm-hmm. firsthand, mm-hmm. like talking to people who who would say like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian because like my dad is a Christian and my mm-hmm. grandfather was a Christian. Yeah, awesome. Let's talk about God. Like, why would why would Christians what? ever yeah. talk about now, what God? Does that have to do with anything? <laughs> and so that's the kind of like what like yeah. the weird thing that's that that's uh or the the different thing the yeah, problem being like tangible like yeah, it's yeah. experiencing it yeah um but now we're experiencing it mm-hmm. now we're here we actually just had our first snowfall uh, yeah. a couple of days ago that's pretty amazing and we are living in norway it has become a reality god has made it a reality mm. so how is life different here than in the u.s bailey what's different um everything I don't, yeah, yeah, it's weird. It's, nice. it's like everything and nothing. It's familiar <laughs> yeah. and totally foreign all at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like very easy to point it out, but also feels hard to describe it, like to yeah. put it in words. Um, so I know everything's different. Um, I guess I'd say the 
food is different. I mean, you're a big fan of paprika, I know. <laughs> no, so. I can't stand it. Everything here tastes like paprika. You keep saying that. It's in your pizza. It's in your chicken. It's in your <laughs> chips. I don't. It's everywhere. Okay. It's a big hit out here. Yeah. Yeah. So there are those kind of things that are uh, really easy to notice, like the food's different. Um, our first week here, we were in a, a quarantine hotel. Um and we got to try Norwegian dishes. Which was, <laughs> I got photos yes. of those. That was interesting. That was great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were meatballs that didn't taste like meatballs. And yeah. yeah. Breakfast was like a hard boiled egg and a packet of, of <laughs> oh, chocolate gosh. spread. Yeah. And you got to eat. Yeah. 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 They, fed us a, they fed us a couple times a day. And yeah. uh, that was really sweet of them. Oh, yeah. I love those. Well, for me, it made it real. So mm-hmm. I know you guys were uh, having to deal with deciding whether or not you were going to eat what had been provided to yes, you. Yes, we were here experiencing yeah, yeah, yeah. it. You I were... was still I was still in the United States waiting to get yeah. here. And uh anyway, so thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> no, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I think one of the things uh, that you touched on, that theme of like familiar but yet mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. So kind of going back to the missions theme, like going to like a tribe in Africa, like the people look different and their mm-hmm. culture is like very different from like a first world country. Yeah. The differences are like so obvious, but here I, I don't know if you guys can tell at home, uh, people here look very similar to, well, me and Cam at least, you yeah, are a Samoan brother. <laughs> yeah. they, they don't look different than us. Yeah. They, you know, they, they're using all the same technology as us. Mm-hmm. They basically live the same kind of lives yeah. as us, but it, it's a little different. Like, w- like one of the things that like caught us, it's just a small thing, but caught us off guard was like when you sneeze, people don't say bless you. Yeah. It's like it's just kind of a, like a little thing, and it's not like it's not because people are rude. Yeah, but it's just like that's just not a thing. But it feels here. that way. I asked one of my friends, I was like, <laughs> yeah. would you, if someone sneezes, what, how would you say God bless you? He's like, why, why would, would you say that? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true for yeah. all Norwegians. I haven't asked again, but it's not something that happens here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, kind of like uh, in that realm, like, what are we? What's the what's the thing? Like how is life different for like us here? Like yeah. what are the, like our routines are like all different, mm-hmm. right? Like back in the U S we had cars, we had jobs, we had a regular church yeah. that we could go to that we were establishing and people knew us. Mm-hmm. We all spoke the same language yeah, and it was not great. a problem at all. So kind of living here, like how is, how has God had to provide for us like along the way? Oh man, like there we I, I keep a list. You guys know we keep an actual list mm-hmm. that we that we share on our file server that we can look and remember like all of the things God has done to get us here that we couldn't have possibly done. It's crazy. Bailey mentioned earlier the call that I got. So without going into too much detail, um, you know, me and, and my wife Whitney, we it sounded like I didn't remember her name. Me and my her name is Whitney. Her name's <laughs> That's your Whitney? wife, yeah. Whitney she was she's my one, right? It's Whitney, yes. Okay. Yeah, the one you're married to. No, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, we've been praying for Norway and Norwegians for a few years, just sort of waiting, asking God, look, if you're calling us, please make it clear that you're calling us. Mm-hmm. And so I had developed friendship with an IMB, the International Mission Board, with an IMB missionary here in Norway. And some stuff had happened, and they weren't sure they were going to be able to stay. And so we'd been talking for a few years, and uh, the story had been something like, look, Cam, if you ever come to Norway, it'll be fun to partner up and to work together. But there is no, there's no position with the mission board in Norway for you uh, and don't, don't count on one sort of ever, ever opening. There wasn't, he didn't want to um, sort of lead me on give me false hope that there'd ever be a position with the mm. IMB, uh, which would be nice. Cause the IMB, like they pay you a salary and they train you and they, it's uh, wonderful. It's an excellent organization. So I wasn't holding out hope for that happening. And then one day, I guess it's been 
almost a year and a half now, um, uh, that missionary, he called me and said, Hey, I want you to come to Norway. There's a, there's a job now with the board and I don't know if we're going to be staying, but, uh, if we go, I want it to be in, I, I want Norway to be represented by an IMB missionary and I'd like that to be you. And so that was crazy. Like, I literally was not expecting that there mm-hmm. was, we hadn't been talking about it. It's not like the people to make that decision have been warming up to it and mm-hmm. he'd been schmoozing. There was, there was none of that. Mm-hmm. There was just suddenly a phone call. Uh, and I can see how God worked that out. I mean, I can see how he took two and a half years of work and growth and putting the pieces in place to make it all work and then finally sort of open the gates uh, in order for that to happen. But I mean, that was the big one. That was our starting line, right? That our, 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 our starter's pistol was mm-hmm. that thing happening. And I called you guys right away after. So that happened. My wife and I still, we continued to kick it around for a while until she was clear that this is what God wanted. And we talked about it and we prayed about it. And, and she eventually just said, yeah, I mean, this is what God wants us to do. Let's go. And then I called you guys right away, right? We're going. Mm-hmm. And then a year later <laughs> we left. So, I mean, that, so that's big thing. Number one, mm-hmm. And we all, I mean, there's thing after thing. So in our life, um, God provided us that, that, um, that position with the IMB. So I'm a missionary with the IMB now, mm-hmm. uh, which, is, which is excellent. And that cut our fundraising in half because now we don't have to raise funds for myself and my wife to career-having adults and our three kids. Um, we, now are, we now are employed and sort of have like we have a way there and we have a Mm -hmm. support system and a, and a whole ministry that's, that's invested in getting us there, which was, which was awesome. Um, but now even being here, like the, the home that we have been able to get is Mm -hmm. a home that we can do. It's exactly where we want to be exactly like strategically where we want to be. God opened up these crazy doors with not just getting approval, for the home, but for the mm. homeowners approving us to live here and we can do ministry in this house. And it's just, it's amazing and incredible. I, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. I've got a lot of mm. lists to share, but I would love to, I would love you guys to, to speak mm. to some of the miracles God's had to do to, to get you guys here. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, start a podcast in that house. We should, yeah. Maybe we should think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's kind of been amazing, like how much life has been different. Um, you know, kind of like, Having a job, having a car, like I, I felt like pretty established, like yeah. at home. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm 22 years old. I just got married. I moved out of my parents' house in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what like Gen Z or millennials do. Like, that's <laughs> Is like, <that> not. <laughs> well, they sleep with you know. Well, I'm not going to get into that. Okay. But I feel like there's a lot of people that uh, uh, don't do that. But okay. I was stoked on it, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, I uh, like this is good. This is the last job that I need for a while. Like, we've got two cars. <laughs> like, gainfully employed. Both of us, and I felt pretty established, like Mm -hmm. in that. And here, the life being where we're doing full time missions work, we get to do stuff like this. We're, you know, students full time. We're partnering with Christians here, like all the time. Um, One of the things that God provided for both of us is like just the right amount of space in our student housing to like not go insane. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and that's been great. Just enough. Just Just enough. enough. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you tell us them about our houses? We have, uh, yeah. Tell us. Tell them about our houses. Uh, forty square meters, something like that. And, yes, is that um? That sounds and, big. Are they that big? No. Yeah, it, it feels much smaller. Yeah, forty square um, meters. Yeah, it it's interesting, and <laughs> the floor is not very. Uh, it feels like like concrete, or mm-hmm. I don't know. So, um, they're not the most homey homes in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but they more than get the job done, 
And it, especially out here, like with if we had to get housing elsewhere besides the um, student housing that they have, then we couldn't afford it, period. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really is the, this is the best of all situations that we could be in. Yeah. Um, and we've had time to make it like home um, mm-hmm. at this point. Now that we're four months in, um, it feels and looks like home. But at the first week, uh, or actually, no, the first two weeks, Yes. Um, <laughs> we're very fun. We got to know the floor in the apartment really well. Yeah. I so, loved getting those phone calls. Yeah. That was fun. Take, yeah. So taking myself out of the equation, I really want to brag on our whole team because uh, we went to Ikea and Ikea is like, Ikea, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ikea is like, Ikea is like, you're not getting your furniture for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had, and match- how many, how many beds can you carry on the bus? Like, <laughs> well, like you can't. three <laughs> mattress toppers yeah. between us, <laughs> between oh, the man. whole team. Oh, so, good. You're, so the word first team literally is so awesome that they slept on the floor, like with mattress toppers on the floor that are like this thick mm. like for two weeks, like with no complaints. Yeah. So like that was awesome. It was, it, it's awesome. Like moving into the, like that, that was where it was like tangible that we were like, all right, God, like, we don't know what you're going to do like with this and but we know we're not getting our furniture for 2 weeks. Yeah. So we'll sleep on the floor. We will uh do we even have lights? We do have lights. Yeah. Yes, we had lights. We didn't have we to have two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So yeah. I don't know if the light bulbs work and the bathroom yeah. is small but you know well and that speaks to your guys' character but God was also doing a bunch of crazy stuff at the same time like you all got into the same student housing unit. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. also you don't have dormitories like you do at a regular at a university like we have in the United States where the there's a university has a big campus and you've got a dorm there. For in Oslo the you have student housing units and you have kind of campuses all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so students live in, live in student housing, but there are lots of places you're not anywhere near. Well, not, that's not fair to say, but you're not on or near your campus. You're in yeah. like a, like a big, it's like a big dorm or a barracks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, <laughs> and God saw fit to put us all in sort of the exact part of the city where we want it to be, where we think that there's an um, exceptional opportunity for evangelism and for sort of living out a gospel life. Mm-hmm. And got you all into the same one, mm. which was uh, pretty absurd. And it's it's like it's the right one. Like there are more than a thousand units in this student housing facility, filled with young college age people who need to know Jesus. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a it's a very it's a very unique place. And I feel like you talking about that, like God's sovereignty and providence of like putting us in the right place, exactly where he wanted us when we had options to like switch. There was, there was an option to kind of submit to go to a different place in the city with Mm -hmm. um, SIO, the student housing people. And we chose not to, we chose, you know, we're not going to do that and we're going to go here and it's perfect. It puts us right where Mm -hmm. we need to be. Um, And I remember you talking about us celebrating Thanksgiving, like at the beginning of this, Mm -hmm. like really, it just kind of shows like uh, moving into a place of being in God's provision, but also how close like the team has gotten mm. like since we've landed here. So this was the, like the first Thanksgiving I ever spent personally, like without yeah. parents, without yeah. aunts and uncles. Um, and that's like kind of weird. <laughs> that's a, that's yeah. a weird thing. Cause Thanksgiving is such an American holiday. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving here. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, no leaving, yeah, leaving school one day, he was uh, there's a guy, uh, a friend of ours named Fuel, 
Uh, and he was like, hey, do you guys want to stay and play board games? And we're like, no, we got to go buy stuff for Thanksgiving. He's like, that's right. Thanksgiving's a thing yeah. in your country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- so they don't celebrate it here, obviously, because they're not Americans. But they for sure know more about American holidays than we know about Norwegian ones. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's true. Um, but what I really want uh, us to comment on is the, just that kind of symbol of family, mm-hmm. right, back where we're from in the States. Doing that here, doing that with these people, not with the familiar faces, but like talk about how it's been like becoming a family with like, you know, this turd. Like, how's that been? <laughs> Which one? Did you mean you? Yeah. I pointed at me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to avoid the subject of just you. Um, yeah. But I'll talk about everyone else. Please, please. Well, yeah. So we live three doors down from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you and I, Yakabus. Yes. Um, and. I think that's one big part of it is uh, we've we all put uh, unspecified housing on the application mm-hmm. for the housing units, and the there were high chance that, chances that we ended up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But God got all three of us um, to the same housing dorm area, mm. um, and then beyond that, with uh, Cam's house, he's literally a 10 minute walk away from us. Yeah. Which is what that's one of the like highest, um, priorities that we yeah. had with housing. That I mean, that was one of our non-negotiables, right? Yeah. Is that none of us can be more than a 10 minute walk from any of the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that's just kind of naturally facilitated us becoming family with one another. Um, another thing is we have the same exact schedule. Like I don't need to mm-hmm. text you to ask for what your schedule is because we go to school together. We go to language school together. We go to our team meetings and prayers and all that kind of stuff together. Um, so we're just kind of naturally living life together. And um, but I think like Thanksgiving is an interesting day to look at because, um, like you said, it felt weird. And it the day before Thanksgiving, I was on the bus with uh, Alan Motown, Marissa, your mm-hmm. wife. Um, mm-hmm. That, one, and that one's mine. That one's yours. That's, that's yeah. my wife, yeah. And we were just talking about how odd it was that it was Thanksgiving because no one's making a big deal about it. All the stores yeah. have decorations for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Like, they just skip right over. Yeah. There's not um, a turkey sale going on. At yeah. The it's store. hard to find turkeys. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> that's just true, period. That's it's always hard, hard to find, to find turkeys. Turkeys. Pumpkins. Yeah. 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 Um, and then just, like, the... Um, I don't know, you know, Thanksgiving time comes around and you have family coming in to visit, um, in the week prior and all that kind of stuff. Um, and all of that was just missing and, um, it was strange, but, um, I think that's some of the stuff God's up to, like with the mission, like we have to learn how to make Thanksgiving here, Thanksgiving for this family. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. cause this is the family that, we didn't get sent to by, you know, being birthed and born and raised into a family. This is the family that God, 24 years into my existence, mm. um, said, I'm picking your house up and I'm taking you and your wife with this small group of people for mm-hmm. you to be an uncle to the girls mm-hmm. and for you to be a brother to Jake and to Alan and Cam. So, um, yeah, the I think Thanksgiving was a, weird uh thing to get used to but it was it was an awesome day it was we got to have a feast which we don't get to do because you know like (laughs) top ramen yes food is very expensive here um yeah yeah, so 
we don't get to feast much. So having that together was, uh, particularly a special kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then we also made dishes that we usually have, uh, back in the States. So we got to bring our homes to each other Mm. and taste, you know, Cam's gravy, his, uh, barbecue chard or i don't even know anything about cooking mm, so that's okay as you, as you, turkey, you cook a turkey mm. different than than you describe it however my dad you does. want bailey <laughs> um so i think it was bizarre um but it's just it's really interesting to be a part of god doing that thing like yeah. making us family to each other and not just in the way like where we say we're family and we live our lives together but like we by necessity like mm-hmm. your girls need uncles yeah. and you need babysitter. Like you don't have mom and dad to watch the girls. So yeah. you need auntie and uncle or the whole crew to come over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> we literally spend every day with each other. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, we never, uh, we never ask each other like how our weeks are going because we already know. <laughs> like yeah, we, yeah. we spend every day with each it's other. Redundant. It's been great. It, and it's, it's fun because I mean, you guys are like such awesome people and like we all, it's challenging sometimes like it is like in a normal family, like mm-hmm. dealing with brothers and sisters and mm-hmm. family dynamics. Like sometimes we bicker like brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like seeing each other every day, literally living like the same lives basically, like yeah. it's just gluing us together, yeah. uh, like way closer than we would be like in the States. Well, you guys notice how interesting it is. So our schedule is really non-traditional. I mean like, so we're used to, you have a job and you mm-hmm. like punch a clock and, or, or you have a job and school or you have just school, but they're like these times, I don't know how to explain it, but you have the like, sort of a, a strict daily routine. You have like a Monday through Friday and then mm-hmm. Saturday is maybe a day off and Sunday we always spend together at church. We've been doing ministry together for several years. Um, but like our schedule here is really non-traditional. It's not necessarily we have the same clock to punch every day. I mean, mm-hmm. even your guys' uh, your guys' university schedule is is kind of interesting but there's just no free time for anything else. Like we get, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we are so busy. In fact, that's one of the things that we had early on. We had the discussion about, are we going to get jobs or not? And the truth is, well, if that's what, if that's how God intends to, um, support financially, the work that he's called us to, we'll all go get jobs. But it became immediately apparent that they're just, the gospel is, is full-time work mm-hmm. and there just isn't, there isn't a day a week, definitely not two days a week but there isn't a day a week that we have to th- sort of throw us off the track of what it is that, what it is that we're doing here. So it's been just a really amazing blessing. You know, Whitney and I are here full time as our, I think our official title, I don't think I know is church planting catalyst, mm. but we're here full time as gospel workers and you guys are here technically full time as, as students, but our time is so filled with doing gospel work together that it's hard to even imagine how we could fit. I mean, little things, Alan and I talking about when are we going to get to the gym? Mm. And the reason we haven't done it is totally because there's no time. But <laughs> yeah. It's like when, when's, how's that going to happen? It's, okay. We're going to have to do it at like 10 o'clock, three nights a week because that's the, that's the only time that's left. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I just was wondering how that, how that has reached you. Cause it, it's all at once non-traditional. Like our schedule is not punching a clock every day. Um, but it's full. Like there's always, mm. we're always doing stuff. Yeah, I it just kind of feel like again trying to like remove myself from the equation. It it's just like I could not uh, I have no shortage of words to brag on this team about. Yeah. Like you, the, the the team that's here, the team that God put me with, like it's it's 
it's really moving where it's like you guys were all just so committed to gospel work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like I said earlier, like I don't need help getting excited about that. Mm-hmm. That was like the first thing I asked you, like when we landed or like, okay, cool. When are we evangelizing? Who are we evangelizing? <laughs> Where are we evangelizing? Uh, and you said Norway, not now. And like, learn the language, <laughs> learn the yeah, language. That was, fun. um, but even in the midst of that, like even in the midst of like, we're learning the language and, you know, trying to integrate ourselves into, a culture that looks the same but isn't. Uh, in the midst of that, we're so committed to gospel work. We're yeah. committed to building relationships with the Christians out here, with secular people out here. Like just getting the conversation going and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's what we're going to be talking about in lots of future episodes of this podcast. Um, we got lots of great stories to tell about the gospel work that is going on here and God's miracles to get us here and how our life has been. So thank you so much for tuning in to this first episode. Uh, we will see you next Monday. God bless and bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Word First Radio. If you like the podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. If you want to learn more about Word First and how you can support the ministry spiritually and financially, check us out at wordfirst.us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Word First Radio, and we'll see you again next week. God bless.